listen here, dude, this is the Hulkster, and I'm on the PCGCCK1 show. Don't tread on America. Let's do this, brother. Nothing special about being American. None of you can define for me what an American is. I am the nation. I was born on July 4th, 1776, and the Declaration of Independence is my birth certificate. The bloodlines of the world run in my veins because I offered freedom to the oppressed. I am many things and many people. I am the nation. I am 200 million living souls and the ghost of millions who have lived and died for me. I'm Nathan Hale and Paul Revere. I stood at Lexington and fired the shot heard round the world. I'm Washington, Jefferson, Patrick Henry. I'm John Paul Jones, the Green Mountain Boy, David Crockett. I'm Lee. Coming to you from the D-Tom Studios in the free state of Florida. Sponsored by Maker's Mark Bourbon. This is Don't Tread on America. How's everybody doing out there today? It is July 25th, 2023, and I'm your host, Don Q. Yeah, I'm back, baby. How's it going? Back from surgery. I probably should have tested the sound, but I didn't know how long it was going to go. But here we are. Nah, nah, nah. Yeah, so I'm back. Surgery was a success on Friday. Um, I, I woke up, so, you know, that's always a plus. But I will say this about that. Today will not be a very long show because I am a little sore. And uh, I need to uh, get to bed today. Uh, so, surgery Friday. Got home Friday night. Uh, took Saturday off. Was off Sunday, Monday. Went back to work today quick update so i've got about a 14 inch or so 12 to 14 inch i don't know i haven't actually measured it scar in the back of my from the middle of my back to the upper part of my arm so that's kind of where we're at Uh, i've got like 40 some odd stitches in my in my shoulder across that part of my back but yes i did go to work because i'm not a pussy (laughs) Uh, so anyway yeah, I just took a Viking in and I made a whiskey, so I'm going to do this show real quick and uh, go to bed. So, uh, sugar water on that one. Anywho, 
So just really simply going to touch on a few things that broke over the weekend. Some things people are talking about, a lot of things aren't, you know, people are not talking about. So we're going to jump into those real quick, guys, before we do, let's take care of a little bit of a, of business. If, as you noticed, I don't talk about many sponsors to the show. I'm not worried about Redcon anymore. Uh, yes, we are brand ambassador to Makers Mark, so they will be continue to be in the intro. Uh, so basically, I'm, I'm just worried about sponsoring myself. So I started the DTOM store, and uh, there's where you guys can help me. I'm not going to do a Patreon. I'm not going to ask for money. I am going to ask you to go visit the store, DTOM store. It's in whatever podcast app you're listening to this on. It's There's a link to it. It just says DTOM store. Click the link. It'll take you to the website. From there, I got a couple of different t-shirts, some shorts, um, some barware, you know, like glasses for making some whiskey, uh, a couple uh, like 30-ounce like uh, Yeti-type cups, uh, just some different odds and ends, just trying to play around with a couple different t-shirts, tank tops. So, um, guys, if you want to support the show and help me out a little bit, covering some of the cost of doing this, and then hopefully maybe even get into doing some advertising of the show, you guys can help me out greatly by checking that out. Like I said, whatever podcast app you're on, if you scroll down through the past of the notes, you'll have different links to our website, our Facebook pages, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube. Um, but you'll see a link. It says DTOM Store. If you uh, click that link, it'll take you to the store. Check it out. You know, help brother out. Come on. Cool t-shirts. I'm coming up with new ideas. So if you guys could just help me out, that would be awesome. Anyway, also, while you're there, click on the Facebook and the, the Instagram and the Twitter and the TikTok and whatever. And if you want to follow the show there, Don't Tread on America on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. And DTOM underscore 1775 on the Twitter machine. From any of those situations, you can message me. You can call me an asshole or stupid or whatever you want to do. Give me some show ideas. Anything that's going on in your neck of the woods. We're heard all around the world on every podcast app available. So check us out. Follow the show. If you're not on social media, that's fine. You can check us out at don'ttreadonamerica.com. From all of those, you can link to the website, which will link you to the DTOM store, which you can buy stuff. Thank you. <laughs> all right. So, has anyone noticed what's going on in banking today? And that's kind of what we're going to cover. I've got one, two, basically three things to cover. Um... But this first one's going to be an hour long. No, I'm just, I want to get in and out, so we're going to make this quick. I'm going to quit joking around. So, U.S. banks are abruptly freezing accounts, halting withdrawals without warning or explanation, report says. Now, this was on Friday. So, what am I talking about? U.S. banks are increasingly closing customers' accounts and freezing withdrawals without warning. According to a new report, a growing number of people say they're abruptly losing access to both their checking and saving accounts. This is out of a report out of Los Angeles. The report cites the sudden closures of uh, Elad Nahura, who received an un uh, ominous alert while logging on to his Bank of America account. He then drove to a branch in West L.A. where he was told his account had been shut down and access to his life savings was denied. Uh, he says, Bank of America told me it was shut down. They refused to give me an explanation. They told me I would get my money after it was resolved. 
All of a sudden, I found out I'm broke. I can't feed my family. I can't pay any of my expenses. Banks typically shut down accounts over concerns of suspicious behavior. But according to the Banking Policy Institute, only 4% of suspicious activity reports submitted by the banks to law enforcement result in a follow-up. And a small fraction of the follow-ups result in arrests and convictions. Back in 2014, the number of suspicious activity reports submitted by the bank stood at about $830,000. That number significantly increased in recent years to about $1.4 million. Uh, suspicious activity reports reported in 2021. In addition, Republican Attorney General in 19 states recently accused J.P. Morgan of persistently discriminating against its own clients and closing bank accounts without warning based on religious and political bias. Nohora says Bank of America, which has $1.4 trillion in assets under management, said it would take up to 20 days to review his account. It's an, he says it's another situation or it's another one of those situations where you just have to deal with a massive bank and this massive power that you have no control over. I was shocked to find out this actually relatively common. When a CBS television crew showed up at the bank to fill in a report, Nahora says the situation rapidly changed. Although his account remained closed, he was granted permission to transfer his money out, of, <laughs> out and send it somewhere else. So before I read on, that automatically calls bullshit. Because if, you, if you're Bank of America, okay, if you're Chase, if you're J.P. Morgan, you're who, one of these big, big, big top ten banks, right? If you're one of these banks and you think whoever is got suspicious activity, and, and this person has, you know, whatever, they didn't say how much money, but whatever he had in the bank. If you suspected that he gained that money by ill-gotten gains, and you suspended or locked his account or whatever because of that, why would you grant him access to his money to transfer it? Now, I'm not saying he shouldn't have access to his money. I think you should say, this is why we did it. Not 20 days later, we're going to... <clears throat> excuse me, we're going to give you a report saying, oh, our bad, we thought you were someone else, or we thought you did this, or we thought you did that, but here's your money. Now, my question is this. Why couldn't you review his, if you suspected something? Now, in my opinion, it's none of your fucking business. If you, if you suspect that whoever has money in the bank, okay, I guess... <sighs> Here, here's the deal. Now, I have no idea what Nahari, what he did, and what how much money he had. And I haven't read this whole article. I think I'm at the end of it. So, um, I, well, let me read the rest of it, and then we'll go into a conclusion. Bank of America told the news outlet the FBI reported uh, an FBI report triggered the shutdown of his account. Nahari said the person who submitted a report to the FBI to tell the agency that a scammer had impersonated him via email asking for money from one of his clients. So. It's a he said, she said, that person, whatever, whatever. Why couldn't you tell him that? Now, the bank, any bank, will monitor your deposits. Okay? So if you're a person, and let's say you have a job and you work at wherever. You work at company A. And every Friday you get paid from company A. And you deposit your paycheck, however much that check is, $500, $1,000, whatever it is. And during the course of the week and the month, you pay your car payment, your mortgage, you know, a couple credit card bills, your electric bill, your, you know, whatever you pay. Um, and you have an average available balance of, uh, 
I don't know, let's say you have an average available balance of monthly of uh, $200. Let's just say that. I, whatever it is, it doesn't matter. And your average balance is, you know, a couple hundred bucks, 200 bucks, whatever it is. Um, that's after you pay all your bills. If all of a sudden you, you're still working for company A, but now you have your $1,000 a week paycheck being deposited, plus there's an extra, even if it's not a crazy dollar amount, but let's say it's a couple hundred bucks a week. Just deposit it. Deposit cash, uh, check from random person. But even if it's, especially if it's cash, that's going to that's gonna pop on a report. Eventually. Now, if, it, if it's every once in a while or once a month, if it's only a couple hundred bucks, you're probably going to be fine. And that's part of the reason why the IRS and the government's cracking down on, like, these money, these Zells and paying out, you know, not paying out Fed now. But the uh, cash apps and stuff like that, because if you're getting cash sent to you from whomever, and it's over, I think it's $600, they want to tax that. But if you're, they just want to know why you're putting money in your account. I'm not saying it's right, but that's what it is. And so if the bank sees suspicious activity, okay, now all of a sudden he went from putting a thousand dollar direct deposit from company a into his bank account now he's putting that thousand dollars getting direct deposited plus 200 here and 200 there and 300 here and you know and it's all cash and it's all it's all zelle transfers or it's all cash app transfers or whatever that's going to pop a signal now if if you feel that you're legit even if you even if you know you're a lying bastard <laughs> you you still deserve to be told why your account's being shut down. And the fact of the matter is this. If the FBI or the bank or whoever thought this person fit some kind of bill of, of, of being a crook or a criminal or something, why would you allow him to take his money out? Because that defeats the purpose. And you let him move it to another bank. Now, would that other bank be watching him? I don't know. But it's just more suspicious activity, in my opinion, by the banks. If you, know, if you get to a point where you just have a, an average job with an average income, even if it's a slightly above average income, but then you start depositing money. And I'll give you an example. Okay, so my, I've told this story before. My daughter and her husband have a house. They don't live in it. They rent it out. Now... Um, they were renting it to my son. My son lived there for, I don't know, a little over a year. And uh, I, I don't know that, I don't remember what he was paying for rent, but let's say it was $1,000 a month. Well, he's paying his sister $1,000 a month. So if you're zelling or however they were, I don't think he was paying her cash. It was like a, a transfer. Um, <clears throat> that's going to pop on a report. I guarantee you my daughter's bank account got, was under review because of these transfers and if he had given her cash it would have probably been that much worse and i guess in the grand scheme of things whether you're working a legitimate job or you're a damn drug dealer who what business is, is it of the banks to give a shit they're putting money in your bank account am i saying that if you're a, a crack uh, dealer that it's a good job to have and you're a, you're you should be able to do what you want uh, I'm, yeah, <laughs> that's exactly what I'm saying. It's just your life. It's your money. 
Um, I guess what it really boils down to is if you deal in a job and you deal with cash, don't put it in the bank. If you have a job that you get a paycheck every week, whether it's a direct deposit or whatever, then deal with the bank. If you have a side business where you're selling weed or you're selling Coke or whatever the case may be, maybe deal in cash and keep it in the sock drawer, your bedroom. I don't know. But now there's a lot of, we're seeing a lot of stuff about money, about the dollar bill, about money, about savings, about pensions. <laughs> there's a lot of things going on. I just broke today that the uh, Teamsters and UPS signed a deal so that dollar, that bullet looks like it's going to be dodged as far as uh, UPS going on strike, which is probably a good thing. I know it's only July, but you're <laughs> you're five months out from Christmas, and that's from Christmas Day. You're five months out from Christmas Day. Christmas, quote-unquote, season starts in about three or so months as far as shipping and, and whatnot's concerned. So I'm sure that probably had a little bit to do with it. But... Uh, you know, when I first heard about the strike, not to totally get off on a tangent, as I really wasn't planning on talking about this, but the uh, finding out, I had heard initially that UPS was, that they were looking to strike because of, uh, they wanted more money and they wanted air-conditioned trucks. I've also heard the same thing about the post office people. Now, mind you, it's been a hot summer. Not just in Florida, but most of the country, it's been a hot summer. I'll say this about that. When you went to work for UPS or the Postal Service or FedEx or whoever, on day one of training, or maybe even before then, it should it's probably prior knowledge, you know, you knew that these trucks didn't have air conditioning. So, did you... Did you go to work at a place like this to make however much UPS drivers make to to uh, to then later possibly strike because you didn't have air conditioning? I, I think that's kind of a bullshit reason to strike. And I thought that was one of the main reasons. That was kind of a subset of the reason. Um, the main reason really, oddly enough, wasn't for the full-time people to get a pay raise. It was for the part-time people. I think the full-time people make upwards of 40 45 bucks an hour. Um, but your part-time, your like driver, your helpers, and your part-time or seasonal works, they get paid like 15 16 bucks an hour. So it was more of a strike to help them out. So whatever, whatever. Um, but now you got Yellow Freight. I don't know if you guys saw this. Chris was telling me about this today. Uh, they eliminated their pension. So you have people that work for this company 20, 30 years. Pension, eliminate it. It's not even that they froze the the pension or moved it moved it like a lot of companies they stopped pension the company I work for they stopped doing pensions. Fortunately, um, the people that had been there past up to a certain time were grandfathered in. Their pensions are still accumulating, um, which is which is fortunate for us and a rarity because a lot of companies took pensions. And convert it like if you were if you were fully vested in your pension, and let's say you had I don't know hundred thousand dollars in your pension, whatever. Then they took that money and could moved it into a four hundred one k, which could be a good thing. But like my wife, you know, she worked for Walmart, and years ago, 
Walmart used to have a thing called profit sharing. Well, <laughs> there was a lot of people that had been with Walmart back in like the 60s, 70s, 80s that had a lot of money in their profit sharing. And when they did that in the early 2000s, they moved that money to, well, yeah, early 2000s. I think it was like 2000. They moved it to, uh, took whatever you had, moved it to 401k. Well, in 2008, when the stock market took a shit, a lot of these people lost a shit ton of money. So you had people that had a couple hundred, and I say a couple hundred, I mean five, six, seven hundred thousand dollars, a million dollars in profit sharing that they lost and went down to just a hundred, two hundred thousand. Now, oh, it's only two hundred thousand, but when you had damn near a million and it went down to that, that's a big difference. Anyway. You have these companies playing with people's money. You have people that poured their heart and soul into your company, working for 20, 30 plus years, and then you're going to take the retirement from, from them? I get it. If you are a company and you don't want to do pensions because whatever, you're greedy. I mean, essentially, it's what it boils down to. You're greedy. Your choice. You own the company. You run the company. Your choice. But... Take it out, I'm sorry to say this, but take it out on the new people. Don't take it out on the people that's put their time in. You know what I'm saying? Like, say, okay, if you have more than 15 years with this company, your pension's going to keep on maturing. But everyone from that under, even if you qualify, even if you're vested, and you've got 14 years in with the company, well, we're going to take your whatever your vested number is, and we're going to put that into a 401k. I know it's still bullshit, but... It's more bullshit for the people that's got 30-plus years in that are 50, 60 years old looking towards retirement. Now they've got shit. That's fucked up. And what's happening is, you know, in the last two or three years, there's been a lot of talk about uh, inflation, recessions, how come we haven't actually fallen into a recession you look at the interest rates on houses or, or uh, cars or credit cards or whatever. And um, oddly enough, even though technically, even though they don't want to admit it, technically, we are in a recession because based on consecutive quarters of, um, of negative GDP growth, that falls into a recession. But they, they, they fail to declare it as such. But as bad as things are with inflation and interest rates and stuff like that, it doesn't seem to be affecting people that much. So why is that? Well, found this report. U.S. personal savings has have collapsed in this country $5.5 trillion since April of 2020. Um, and that spells trouble for the economy. Now, what happened in March of 2020? They shut everything down. And you had a lot of people not work. So they started dropping in April because you had a lot of people not working, probably had to dip into their savings accounts to pay, you know, things or maybe just pay off something. So they didn't have that bill because not for nothing as as far as you could maybe fuck around with your mortgage or fuck around with some of your utilities. Some things still had to be paid. Your cell phone, if that's what you depend on, still had to be paid. If you wanted to watch TV because you were at home and your cable bill needed to be paid, your internet bill needed to be paid. 
your car payments needed to be paid. So, uh, so a lot of people that weren't working probably had to dip into their savings accounts. Now, what does that mean going forward? Well, in the time being, people haven't been able to recoup their savings accounts because everything got more expensive, right? So instead of being able to put maybe an extra 50, 100 bucks away a week to build back your savings account, you're using that because gas is more expensive and things at the grocery store, Walmart, whatever, are more expensive. So, you know, fortunately, or probably even surprisingly, surprisingly, (laughs) the U.S. economy has held up remarkably well this year. Define recession predictions, thanks in part to Americans' pandemic-era savings that have cushioned consumer spending. But that support is running low. America's personal savings has classed by eye-watering $5.5 trillion since April 2020, thanks to soaring inflation, according to uh, Barcart.com. That could spell trouble for the economy. Such reserves have fallen to levels lower than before COVID-19. U.S. household savings surge during the pandemic, spurred by government stimulus checks and a drop in in-person spending. The cash pile has boosted consumer spending ever since the COVID restrictions were relaxed, support, uh, supporting the economy even as the Federal Reserve raised interest rates and steeply since last spring. But historically high inflation in the U.S. in the mid-20... Uh, in mid 2021 has eaten to the savings as prices everything from energy to food surge inflation hit a 40-year high of 9.1 in mid 22 but has since slowed to three percent last month and i hate when the media when the government when whoever plays these games it's only three percent look guys we fixed it inflation's only three percent it's three percent year over year so for those of you that don't know inflation the number that they tell you is is year over year so the three percent inflation for june was based on last june's prices okay so if in last june inflation was 9.1 percent based on the june of 21 okay so if whatever the price of whatever you bought in june of 21 was whatever that cost was that is now nine percent higher in 22 and then whatever that price is is now three percent higher in 23 so until that number is a negative whatever you're not fixing anything the prices are still going up i know three percent sounds a lot better than nine percent i get it but up is up (laughs) i mean even the last, you know, last couple of years of Trump's presidency, it was still one point whatever percent. Oh, it was only one percent. Okay, but it was still up. And but still prices were still going up. Right? The difference is is when when prices when inflation is only three percent or one percent or whatever, the average raise is four point eight percent. So now and I think it's funny how they say, Oh yeah, look, uh uh and you know price uh, income has finally surpassed uh inflation no <laughs> because like most people in this country when you get a pay raise 
if you work for a company and you get a yearly pay raise, most of that happens at the beginning of the year, not the middle or the end of the year. So, and even if you got a 5% or 4 point or whatever the average was, 4.8, if you got that pay raise, you're still trying to quote unquote build back better your savings account from the 9.1% you've been paying more over the past year. So don't fall into the bullshit of them saying, well, it's, it's a, it's a uh, slow to 3% uh, you know, of last month. Remember, year over year. So if it was 8 9% up the year before on, in June and July and August, and it's 3 or 4% up this year, that's 13 14% over the year before. It's hard to save money. When everything's more expensive. And and I said this last year. When the prices were 9%. When inflation was 9.1. You go back to my shows back in last year. Back in June. And they talked about it. We're going to fix the problem. We're going to fix the problem. Yeah, you're going to fix the problem. Because eventually prices are going to quit increasing so greatly. But. So your year over year number will on paper look better. And here we are. Yeah, on paper, it looks better because, you know, a bag of Doritos was $5 last year, and now it's only five twenty this year. So it only went up 4%, right? But the year before that, when the, before they were $5, they were $4, so they went up, you know, 30%. <laughs> you understand how that works? So even though, yeah, it only went up $0.20, cents, it, was, it went up a buck. It went up a buck twenty from the year from two years prior, and that's what people seem to forget. We got to remember that. We got to make sure that these people know that we remember that. In the meantime, while we're dealing with all this bullshit, and I know this inflation isn't the only thing going on in this country. I've been talking about BRICS for fucking two years now. Brazil, Russia, India, China, South Africa, on top of the other ten countries that are joining. This isn't just these five countries anymore. BRICS leader says days of the U.S. dollar-centric world are over as group expands trade in alternate currencies. So I've got about two stories on this. So African ambassador and BRICS official, or BRICS official, Anil Sukla, says the glory days for the U.S. dollar are in the rearview mirror. At a media briefing, the BRICS diplomat told reporters the group of economically aligned nations is shifting away from the world's reserve currency. Uh, Suklal says BRICS, which is made of Brazil, Russia, India, China, South Africa, is looking to strengthen economic ties among member nations by settling trades in their own national currencies. Suklal adds that the decision of the U.S. and its allies to impose financial and economic sanctions against Russia for the war in Ukraine has catalyzed and moved the economic bloc to shift away from the dollar. So that, on top of this, BRICS is now also embracing Bitcoin adoption. So BRICS uh, countries, Brazil, uh, would reportedly discussing de-dollarization and promotion of the national, uh, of the use of national currencies in international trade in their upcoming leader summit, according to South Africa's diplomat, that's who I just talked about, uh, Suklal, 
Uh, several reports have categorized the BRICS objectives into two, reducing reliance on the U.S. dollar and harnessing the benefits of decentralized digital currencies. Bitcoin is rumored to be an alternative due to its financial independence. So, the summit is August 22nd to August 24th. I'll say this about that. If you have the means, if you have the money, and you are not currently, not that Bitcoin's cheap, but if you can buy one Bitcoin, do it. <laughs> because whatever Bitcoin's at right now, it's probably about to double in the next month. Uh, now, on, on, on a similar note, if you don't have Bitcoin money, which I get it, most of us don't. If you have silver money or gold money to maybe at least buy some gold or, or some silver. Silver is a little cheaper. It's 25 or 6 bucks an ounce. I've been saying this. If you have 25 bucks extra a week, if you have 100 bucks extra a week, go buy a couple ounces of silver. Russia is also disclosed that a gold-backed common currency would be unveiled by the BRICS nations. That means they're going to start trading in precious metals. Guys, that's what it means. What does that mean for us? If inflation is up and down, if interest rates are up and down, if if our bank accounts are slowly dwindling, what's going to happen when that dollar bill that you have in your pocket is, isn't worth anything? I talked about this before. Back in the 1920s, after World War I, Germany, being punished for World War I, was forced into hyperinflation. And not to go through a whole history lesson, but essentially what it boils down to during this time, it was actually cheaper for people in Germany to burn their money than it was to use that money to buy oil to heat their homes. If you want to go back and listen to the show, I think it's called the, uh, the show that I did two years ago. Uh, it was called the, uh, the new, uh, shit, the next I swear to God, I, I, I really wasn't thinking about it until I started thinking about it, but here we are. The Next Great Depression, I think is what it was called. I, I'm looking it up because I've already got my phone out, and then I'll uh, give you the exact date if you so choose to want to go listen to it. Okay, where are we are? It's October. La, la, la. This interlude brought to you in part by Maker's Mark Bourbon. Drink you some Maker's Mark bourbon. Tell them D-Tom sent you. I'll never be able to find it. I've only got like 300 fucking shows in here, right? Just another Bricks in the Wall I did back July 27th of 22, if you want to listen to that. I was talking about Bricks before Bricks was cool, man. Hmm. I know this is riveting. Riveting. Uh, stuff. The good thing about doing a podcast, if you're listening, you can always fast forward through the uh, situation, right? Here's my dumbass thinking it would be easy to find. <laughs> yeah. Okay, let's see if I can search it. The next... Great Depression. There it is. The New Great Depression. That's what I called it. Uh, was August 29th, 
2021, so almost two years ago. Uh, I talked about the uh, new Great Depression, or what I feel is the start of what has happened 100 years ago. Uh, history does repeat itself, and we're about to see it up close and personal. So like I said, August 29, 2021, guys, it's it's only a six-hour show. No, I think it's like 30-something minute show. Go back and listen to it. You'll understand more about what I'm talking about. Anywho, still, if you have the money, if you have some disposable income, guys, it's very important. I know there's a lot of things going on, and I tell you a lot of different things, but we really don't know which way we're going. Are we going to war? Are, are we going to a financial war? Is it going to be the BRICS nations versus the G7? The thing is, is whatever does happen, because something is going to happen, whether it's all of the above or one or the other, it's going to involve every single one of us, whether you live in this country or you're listening to the show and you live in Europe, you live wherever you live and you guys focus because there's a lot of countries, 190 some odd countries in this world. And most of those countries depend on the U.S. dollar. Okay, we're talking about the BRICS nations. That's five countries. But there's Saudi Arabia, there's Turkey, there's other countries involved in this. It's not just those five. I think it's closer to 10 now. Mind you, even if it was 20, you're only talking 20 countries versus the other 170 countries that depend on the U.S. dollar. The problem is these five or so, 10, 20, however many countries are relatively large countries with large economies not to mention countries that we evolve a lot of trade with so it will affect each and every one of us okay real quick you guys remember the show i did i labeled it the russian uh russian conspiracy uh, russian coup conspiracy i did the show back on i think it was june 25th so a couple of weeks ago and in that in that show I talked about that that was when the Wagner group, right, was supposedly going to take over Moscow and invade and and take over the country and and Prigozhin was going to be the new president and they were going to get rid of uh, Putin and I called bullshit on the whole thing because as soon as they quote unquote started their march towards uh Moscow, uh the Belarus president uh Bob Johnson, I think's his name, uh, <laughs> Lukashenko uh you know, brokered a deal, and uh, just I'm giving you the cliff notes. And uh, the the Wagner Group uh, shifted to to Belarus, and uh, uh, what's his face, the dude Prigozhin, <laughs> went into hiding and never to be seen from again. Well, recently, this past week, he's been seen again, and the Wagner Group is in Belarus. And what are they doing? Yes, they're training Belarusian, if that's proper uh fighters now why are they doing this so belarusian president alexander uh, lukashenko claimed sunday that poland is trying to annex ukraine so now in that show on the 25th i talked about how it's very convenient how Putin just said, okay, cool, no bubbles, no troubles, cool, I got you, guy. You guys just go hang out in Belarus. And I said, look, <laughs> what you really did was enable 25-some-odd thousand troops to maneuver around Ukraine, because they were in the southern portion of Ukraine, the southeastern portion of Ukraine. You just allowed them to maneuver 
to your northern flank, no bubbles, no troubles, because, oh, they're just getting away from Putin, da-da-da, when I said they're putting themselves in position. Well, there's a border discrepancy between Poland and Belarus. It's been going on. You don't hear about it because we don't worry about our border. Why do we care about theirs? We care about Ukraine's borders, but not Belarus and whatever. We don't care. <laughs> we don't care. Isn't this funny? <laughs> I just thought of this. So we're stressed <clears throat> over, not say we, not me, but the U.S. is stressed for whatever reason, whatever reason given, <laughs> we're stressed over the supposed invasion of Ukraine, of, I'm sorry, Russia into Ukraine, where some stories will tell you it's really not that. It's more that there are sections of Ukraine that want to be Russia and they're fighting for the independence. Essentially, that's what's going on. You have the south, south, blah, 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 the southeastern quadrant of the Ukraine, Crimea, Donbass region, that area, just trying to get out of the Ukraine. They want to be part of Russia, period. Russia is basically trying to help these people with their independence. That's essentially what's going on. That's what's going on, okay? I don't care what you're hearing, the bullshit. This is what's happening, okay? In the meantime, you have Poland <laughs> in a border discre uh, discrepancy with, with uh, Belarus, okay? Ukraine's not NATO. Belarus is not NATO. Russia is not NATO. What's going on between Russia and Ukraine is not a NATO problem. Should NATO or the UN or someone like that step in and maybe try and broker a deal? Yeah. But for whatever reason, the United States is saying no. Now, you could go into a whole bunch of different theories. Of I saw a story today where one of Zelensky's top aides was there when uh, Biden was trying to grease the wheels for his son Hunter when he worked for Burisma and all this crap. And now they're blackmailing Biden into giving Ukraine all this money. Whatever, whatever. That's probably true, but whether it's true or not, that's beside the point. For the last, what, year, we've heard and we've talked about how, uh, oh, they want to make um, Ukraine part of NATO, right? Ukraine's got to be NATO. It's got to be this. It's That's the way we can protect them. And, you know, you got Lindsey Graham saying, we need to give them jets. We need to give them tanks. We need to let them in NATO. We need to fight, 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 fight. In the meantime, you have this going on between two non-NATO countries. Also, stories that's not being told is you have Poland, a NATO country, essentially encroaching on a sovereign country's border. Now, the story you can find is that Poland is amassing troops on the Belarusian border because they're trying to stop migrants from entering Poland from Belarus. Now, why would people, why would citizens, why would migrants be wanting to leave Belarus and go into Poland? In the meantime, just south of that, in Ukraine, supposedly, they have no problem letting migrants in. This is what we're being told. I'm not there. I don't know. But from what I'm finding is 
Belarus, the president there, uh, is, you know, is saying that he believes that uh, that this is a transfer of Ukrainian lands to Poland is a payment for the country's help in the defense of Ukraine. Now, it's not to say that Poland wants to take over all of Ukraine, but maybe part of their western flank up to a certain point. Um, and supposedly, this is ver- this is what Lukashenko is, is saying, that America is in support of this. Now, mind you, you probably haven't heard anything about this. I don't know what business is it of ours, assuming this is true. But what we're looking at happening is, in the mean, right now we're seeing a situation between supposedly Russian army and Ukrainian armies. But Ukraine is actively involving mercenaries in the war and started to involve Poland. Um, Poland has stationed troops at the border of Belarus. Um, and uh, what you're going to see is Russia is going to come to Belarus's help. But I think the way they're doing it is via mercenaries. You're going to see, essentially, you're not going to see the country of Russia, the country of Ukraine going to war with anybody. You're going to see basically a terrorist fight. You're going to see mercenaries against mercenaries. And it's just going to be a big shit fest. So the sad thing is, is we're never going to actually know because we're going to be we're going to be told a story by CNN or Fox or whoever that we need to give these people more money. I think whether Trump's the answer, DeSantis, Biden, Biden's obviously not the answer, but someone's got to go in there and 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 broker a deal. Number one, you got to get Zelensky out of there. He's part of your problem. Not that he's some warmonger. He's a he's a money monger. He's doing this for the money. <laughs> he gives two shits about his citizens. He gives two shits about that country. He really doesn't care. It's all about money for him. He's your typical I mean, he was a he wasn't a Hollywood star, but he was a the equivalent of a Hollywood star over there. He doesn't care. It's just like our people that are stars in this country. They don't care about you or me, this country. I don't care. As long as that money keeps rolling, they don't care. He's being he's being told to do what he's doing, and he's doing what he's being told. He doesn't care about that country. He doesn't care about Russia or Belarus or Poland, for that matter. He cares about his pocket. And uh, we're focusing our attentions on an area that we really shouldn't be giving a shit about, in all honesty. we got to quit believing the bullshit lies that we're being told. And we got to quit worrying about supporting Ukraine or Russia or Belarus. Let them figure it out. All right, real quick, breaking news. Uh, man found dead on Obama's estate, identified as Obama's personal chef. Now, not to uh, bash the dead and God, you know, pray for his family and him and, and whatnot. Uh, 43-year-old man drowned while paddleboarding off the Edgartown coast of Martha's Vineyard on Sunday has been identified as a personal chef to Barack and Michelle Obama. Tafari Campbell was the White House chef before coming personal employee of the Obamas after the president left office in 2017. Divers discovered a body 
just before 10 a.m. Um, <clears throat> I'm not going to besmirch this man dying, okay? Because I'm not like, ha-ha, he dead. I'm not, that's not me, okay? So supposedly, here's, here's, here's my questions and, and curiosity, okay? This isn't the first, this is the first Obama staffer to die, in a paddleboarding act or drowned, I should say. Uh, not the first staffer of a de- Democratic ex-president's to die drowning. See Clinton's right. My question is, what did Campbell see? What did he know? What's going on with this? So, supposedly, there's a lot of his um, his social media platform, Instagram, and whatever, where he. He hashtag I can't swim hashtag still can't swim hashtag learning to swim. There's a video of him uh, trying to swim, trying to do this. I still can't swim. But I don't know about you. Okay, I can swim. I can swim as good as any rock out there. Cause no, I'm joking. I can swim. I'm not you know an Olympic swimmer by any stretch of imagination, but I can I can hold my own in the water. Okay, but. My mom, for example, can't swim. She will not go near the water. Why? Because she can't swim. Now, supposedly, he, you know, like they're making a big deal. He was, he was only paddleboarding on an eight-foot depth of water. It was only, the water was only eight foot deep, he, and he drowned. Okay, well, unless he was ten foot tall, what does that got to do with anything? Okay, I mean, not trying to be a smartass, but you can drown in, like, a foot of water technically if you fall face first into a puddle and you pass out you can drown i mean it it's is what it is so i don't give a shit if he was an eight foot or hundred foot or fell off the side of a freaking ocean vessel okay he can drown in in any kind of water that doesn't matter my question is this if you're have no idea how big this guy is. Let's say he's the average height of a man. He's 5, 8, 10, whatever. He's whatever, however tall he is. Okay? If you cannot swim, okay? Still can't swim. Can't swim. Learning to swim. Trying to swim. Still can't swim. Those are on his social medias. Why are you paddleboarding in a pond by yourself? With no life preserver. Now, if I'm trying to be a brave person, okay, and I'm trying, I really want to swim, and I really, you know, I see Obama out there paddleboarding, I really want to learn how to do this, I really think it's cool, bet your ass I'm wearing at least, I'm going to have some fucking floaties on, I'm going to have a fucking life preserver on, I'm going to have everything I can to make sure that if I hit that water, I'm above it. Why would you try to go out there and paddleboard with with what I would assume you're probably novice at best at paddleboarding because you can't swim. I can't imagine you're an expert paddleboarder. Okay? But even if you're trying to be the best paddleboarder you can possibly be, you still can't swim. There's a good chance that you could fall off that paddleboard. Right? Why would you not have a life preserver on? These are the questions I have to ask. And I said, I'm not besmirching this man's death, okay? And I'm not going to sit here and say, I can't believe he drowned in only eight foot of water. You can drown in one foot of water. That doesn't mean shit. My question is, in eight foot of water, unless you're ten foot tall, 
You're not standing up. If you fall off your paddleboard, you're not going to stand up and be out of the water, right? At least if you're in a swimming pool that's like four foot deep and you fall off the float, you can stand up, right? You kind of see where I'm going? I just find it very suspicious, and I'm going to kind of leave it at this. I just find it very suspicious that you have a person who says himself he cannot swim, paddleboarding, and whatever the depth of water, it doesn't matter, without a life preserver on. Knowing that the water is at least deep enough that if you fall off your paddleboard, you can't stand up. You know you can't swim, and you know that water is deep enough that you can't stand up. Why are you out there without a life preserver? Is he stupid? I'm not saying he is. I just say that I find it very suspicious. Plus, plus, you're out there by yourself. Supposedly, someone saw it happen, rushed to his aid. You're in a pond. He wasn't out in the ocean where the current swept him out to sea. I'm just saying there's a lot of questions here. And I'm going to leave it at that because I think there's a lot more to this story that we're never going to find out. But the conspiracy theories, <laughs> conspiracy theories are sure to follow. And with that, guys, I, I got to go. I got to go. I got to go to bed. Um, guys, please follow us on social media. Don't tread on America on Instagram, TikTok, and the Twitter machine. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Instagram and the Twitter. This is the whiskey and the, the, uh, the pill I took. Don't tread on America on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. DTom underscore 1775 on the Twitter machine. There, I did it. I'm awesome. And uh, check us out. Don't tread on America.com if you're not on social media, guys. Please check out the DTom store. Do me a favor. Go to the website. There's a link on our website. Don't tread on America. DTom store. Also, if you don't feel like going to all that trouble, you're listening to the show right now, you're on a podcast app, whatever app you're on, scroll through it to the bottom. You'll see a link. It says DTOM Store. Click it. Hit it. Check it out. I got stickers. I got T-shirts. I got shorts. I got tank tops. I got barware. I got cups. I got playing cards. I got condom. No, I don't have condoms. That'd be cool, though. So check it out. If you see something you like, guys, and you feel like you want to help this show out, please do so. With that being said, guys, it is July 25th, 2023. I'm going to try and be back tomorrow. Um, Depends on how things go. If not, I'll definitely be back on Friday. I got a nice little juicy situation I'm getting together here with uh, a show that I'm going to do for you guys. Uh, It's going to be interesting. If I can get it all together by tomorrow, I will. If not, it'll be Friday because I have a long doctor's appointment on Thursday. So, Anyway, you guys have a great day, and I'll talk to you again later. Thanks. Thanks.